You're listening to the Screeners Podcast Network. From the big screen to the small screen and everything in between, this is the Screeners Podcast, where all media is appreciated, but none is safe. Hello, and welcome back to the Screeners Podcast. My name is Daniel. And this is Chad. And it is Monday, February 25th, 2018. We are recording our Oscar Reactions show. Now, the 91st Academy Awards wrapped up last night. And uh, if you've listened to the show for any period of time, you know that we love the Oscars and we have lots to say about them. So we're definitely going to dive in. But before we do, as always, we do this every single time. So you know the drill by now. So make sure to check us out on social media. Follow us on Twitter at ScreenersCast. Like us on Facebook. Search the Screeners Podcast. You can even email us at ScreenersCast at gmail.com. We want to hear from you and we want to hear about what you thought of the Academy Awards. We're excited later in the show. Uh, we had our Acad- Predict the Academy Awards contest, um, and so we're going to get to the results of that, not just for you guys who entered. We had 84 people enter in that contest, which, Chad, I think that's a record for us. Uh, we've yeah, been, been good, three good, years now. good turnout this year. I think everybody was so excited about the fact that you had lost twice yes. in a row, two years in a row, that they thought, maybe I too can beat Daniel. Yes, they, it was, they smelled fresh blood. They could tell I think so. that, that it was an easy win. Yeah, so, but we'll see. We'll see what happened. We'll see how it turned out. Uh, Chad I don't actually, like where this is going. Chad actually does not know the results, so, uh, so I'm excited. I don't, but I know how I did, which is just as bad. So, <laughs> so uh, we'll get to that later in the show. So uh, thanks to everybody who joined into that contest. Uh, but that, that's the sort of stuff we want to do. We want to talk to you guys about uh, what you think of the Academy Awards and all the movies that we usually talk about. So so make sure you follow us on social media. All right, with all of that out of the way, Chad, let's talk about the 91st Academy Awards. Let's do it. It's the first hostless show in 30 years. We obviously talked about all the controversy on, the, on our last um, Oscars pre-show. Um, mm-hmm. So we don't need to dive into the controversy now. But uh, let's, let's just start and talk about the show. So... What did you think of the show itself? Not so much the awards, but the how it went without a host. I think overall, I'm kind of mixed on it. Uh, on the one hand, I really did like the pace of the awards. Certainly, at least in the first half, it felt like we were just hammering through those awards, and I enjoyed that. But when I looked back over the entirety of the of the enti- of the show. I felt like it was just kind of missing something. And, and we're not talking about who was nominated or any of that. It's just those, as much as we like to give the Academy a hard time for a lot of the dumb shtick that they pull and the little gags and things like that, I think in this scenario, it just felt like there wasn't that magic moment that sometimes happens. Now, obviously, as we know, it may take five jokes or five skits that bomb before we get one that's yeah. you know the the memorable moment when the show was over i wasn't exhilarated but i also felt like it was pretty good i think there's some good and bad i mean what about you daniel did you did you like the pace or it's or what did you think? so funny. 
I think my feelings are just about exactly the same as yours. So I, I think that exactly like you said, the show is paced really well. I think after all of the backlash, after it was all said and done, um, you know, we ended, I should say, we ended our, our last Oscars pre-show where they were still not airing all the categories. But of course, right. since then, they uh, they had reversed their position and decided to air all 24 categories live, nothing pre-recorded. Uh, they did that, and I really appreciated that. It felt like they really prioritized the awards. So the pace was great. I think th- I kept saying uh, to my wife throughout the whole show, like, we are flying by. I felt yeah. like we were just zooming through the show. I honestly thought they were going to end early. They didn't. Um, they ended. They still went a little over. Halfway through, I, I really thought that we were going to end way early. And so I loved the pacing and lo- I loved the prioritizing o- of the awards. But it f- it this show was better paced than most uh, most other uh, ceremonies that we've had. But it is f- it was far less entertaining than recent years there was just nothing but the awards and obviously like i said this in our last episode my number one priority is the awards so i i I would rather have plenty of time for all the awards than cutting them but i think you do have time for a little bit of both and so i I definitely felt the the entertainment factor wasn't there it's like this self-defeating cycle right you lose the one thing that they want, which is shorter show mandate, we got to get more viewers. Mm-hmm. But the thing that gets more viewers are these viral moments yes. that people pass around and exactly. they share. So you got to figure a way out to to have both, I think. Well, that's why when we talked about this in our last show, it's not about the length of the show. It's just, it's really not. Just because you have a super short show, that doesn't mean you're all of a sudden going to attract 10 million more viewers. That's right. just, it's foolish. I don't know. I don't understand why they would even think that. It's it's exactly like you said. It's about the entertainment factor. And more than that, it's really just about the, the A-list talent that they're attracting. If they have an A-list host, you're going to get some more viewers. I mean, part of the thing that we enjoy as viewers is when these actors and directors these gods among men come down off of Mount Olympus and just act human and get silly with each other and have yeah. a big party. And so and when you don't do those gags as silly as they can be, you kind of lose that. Well, and I think exactly that we didn't talk about this. I think that's exactly the reason or part of the reason that, that the numbers have been dropping for the Oscars. I think if you kind of look back at them, it's, it's been dropping for a long time, but I think it coincides with the rise of social media. Things like the Oscars used to be, one of our few chances to to see these actors outside right. of the show, outside of the the movies that they star in, see what they're really like, letting their hair down, whatever. But now we have social media. You know, for for a lot right. of these, you can see them making breakfast. Exactly, a lot of these actors and actresses, we can follow them on Twitter and see, or Instagram or whatever, and just see them all the time. And so that specialness of seeing them outside of the films is gone a little bit. Um, it's still yeah. cool, but it's I think it's I less th- attractive. I agree, and I think from just a purely technical standpoint, too, part of our viewing habits, which we've talked about, it's not just that we know that we can see it uh, on a different streaming platform. It's that we know that we don't have to watch the three-hour show because everything will be edited up into little 10-minute bites or three-minute bites the next day, and on YouTube, I can search all the best moments, and they're there for me. And so it's just... It's, it's this whole thing, which leads me back to, I think, what we talked about in our original show was 
there's not really anything that Hollywood can do to stop that yeah. media consumption trend. So let's just make the greatest show that we can make and celebrate movies and the people that make them. Exactly. And for your hardcore fans that love this stuff, don't just spit in our faces yes. along the way. Yeah, and, and so uh, let's give credit where credit's due. You know, I think the Academy, I mean... I say credit, they were shamed into prioritizing right. the awards. Uh, right. Um, right. But let's let's still credit for them for it. They did prioritize the awards after much backlash. Um, yeah. And so they gave us what we wanted. The, 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 and, and so there's pros and cons. I, so I don't want to bash the Academy for saying, sure. oh, it went too fast. There weren't these entertaining moments. I think they gave us exactly what we wanted. If you're going to have to have that short of a show, which it really wasn't all that short, Honestly, but if you're gonna if you're gonna rush through them that way, um, then cool, that's fine. I'd rather have that than cutting the cutting the awards for for funny bits. But man, j- the past two years of Jimmy Kimmel, especially the year the nine the eighty uh, ninth Academy Awards in t- twenty sixteen, that's that's probably my favorite Oscars telecast since I've been watching it. Just because it was so it had a great balance of surprising awards, great comedy, a lot of good bits, and so we just missed that like. As you and I were talking um, in Slack about what what we were going to talk about tonight, honestly, I have very little to talk about with the show itself because it was all awards. The few things that we can talk about, you know, the the, the bits that I remember, we had the the opening kind of bit with... uh, uh, or sorry, I didn't even mean I, I was skipping over Queen. I kind of forgot. I kind of blocked yeah, that so, out. Well, before we go, before we pass it, I do want to. We have opened obviously with songs in the past. You had Justin Timberlake opening, yep. you know, walking down the aisle, which so I good. loved, by the way. Yes. But what did you think about no host? So they just open up with Adam Lambert singing with Queen. Yeah. Uh, I mean, how you felt about it's it? It's fine. Like I didn't. I wasn't passionate one way or the other. I think we are. We are the champions. Was kind of a weird, <laughs> a weird opener. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I. I don't know. I was kind of ambivalent about it. It was fine. I think the performance itself was fine. I think Adam Lambert did a good job. I think mm-hmm. Queen is always Queen. They're great. I did agree with you. I was like, so what is the messaging that we're, we're going for here on We Are the Champions? <laughs> yeah. That Hollywood is, you know, you're, you're the champions of life. We get it. But then beyond that, immediately following that, I thought that it got really good good when you had uh, Amy yes. Poehler and Tina Fey that and was Maya great. Rudolph come out and say we're not the hosts and you immediately thought oh man there's why don't we have these yeah, they guys should be. Yeah. the whole thing <laughs> unfortunately it was in the first five or ten minutes and that was about the height of the comedy that was it really? all night long <laughs> yeah that was that was like the only comedy I mean they did a couple other things here and there but that was about it uh, and it was good I thought their their monologue was was really funny about how we're not the hosts but here's how we would do it if we were so I thought those all those jokes were really funny so yeah so I, I liked that I wish there had been more comedy you know they had the other bit the only other uh, comedy bit that stands out is uh melissa mccarthy and brian tyree henry presenting costume design yeah um that was really funny dressed in the goofy costumes yeah she came out like olivia coleman with rabbits all yes. over her yeah <laughs> and it was fantastic really so funny. a rakish tilt to a hat the drape of fabric just so nuance and sophistication are just two qualities of the most effective costume design These artists create a pastiche of textiles with authenticity, yet never distract from the story. (laughs) Costume designers construct the looks that ground a character to a particular time and place in the subtlest, subtlest of ways. 
So true. So true. So true. Um. So true. When good. was the last time you saw a a current Best Actress nominee that year? do something so silly and and funny like and dress make make herself look so strange on the oscars telecast i respect to melissa mccarthy that was that was great i like this idea of if we're gonna have a little bit more time to play with around each award then let's encourage a little bit more of that kind of stuff even if it involves people that are nominated that we'll see later in the show that it creates highlights that we can all get behind hey before we go too much further talking about highlights i did want to ask you one thing because one of the things that i do quite a bit is i edit so i am not like most people i know the the montages that the oscars do get a lot of hate every year everybody Mm. why don't we cut half of these montages it was interesting that this year we only had one Mm -hmm. and it opened the show and it wasn't your traditional montage it was essentially not just the films that were nominated but films from the calendar year 2018 so what did you think about that opening montage uh, I, re- I really liked it. Um, and I'm, I'm the same way as you. I really like the montages. I genuinely, sitting here right now, can cannot tell you what the theme of that montage was. was. I don't remember it at all because it was right at the beginning of the show. And then the whole rest of the show happened. No more montages. What was the theme? I don't remember. I think the theme was just movies that came out in 2018, oh. <laughs> honestly. <laughs> oh. Maybe it was something to do with the fact that they got rid of the most popular film Oscar because it had highlights from Crazy Rich Asians yeah. and Infinity War and things like that. I actually like the idea of instead of doing specifically themed montages around horror or romance or whatever, you just have this supercut from all the films released in that year. I think that's great because it's a celebration of movies for the year so I thought exactly. it was appropriate yeah. and I liked it I liked it yeah it's good uh, so what did you think of the musical performances we had uh, Jennifer Hudson performing All Fight we had of course Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper performing Shallow we had who performed uh, When a Cowboy Trades His Spurs for Wings I, I, I didn't even know who those people were I think they wrote the song but I could be wrong I yeah, could be wrong about that I don't that. even know and then we're missing one. Oh, and then Bette Midler sang The Place Where Lost Things Go from Mary Poppins Returns. What did you think of those performances? Well, I'll be honest with you. When I first heard that they were going to do a shortened version of each one of these songs, I was bummed because as a singer and a musician, I really enjoy the music. And I do have to say, though, that I, I came around on the idea and I think it worked. Mm. I think from a purely technical standpoint, Jennifer Hudson was on the struggle bus for mm. sure. And I love Jennifer Hudson. But it was very, very clear after seeing those music performances that there was only one that was going <laughs> to win the night. And here it goes. Yeah, that was, I, that was the biggest lock of the night. There couldn't have been a bit. Uh, there were no other categories that was a stronger lock than that one. Uh, honestly... That was a really weak category. I mean, and we didn't see Kendrick Lamar uh, perform with SZA, uh, All the Stars. They weren't able to make it work. I think that would have been a great performance. It's a great song. But man, the other performances, uh, not just Jennifer Hudson, I thought the other two were just downright boring. And then we got to Shallow. And my Lord, that performance, the way it was choreographed, the, the way it was lit, the way they performed... Oh my God. That's one of the best performances of an original song at the Oscars. Ever. Yeah, ever. I mean, that was ever. phenomenal. So that's the one moment of the entire show 
where I thought, okay, now we're back. Yes. Now we're making yes. making magic happen. And in my heart, which was cold and hardened by that point <laughs> of the show, because I just wanted to scream at everybody in that room and say, "You have missed the boat yes. on this movie, and this should there should be so many Oscars going to a Star Wars born." And I found myself watching them at the end, thinking these people are either two of these roles fit them so well. They get, you know, you and I both agree that they gave mm-hmm. the best two performances of the year. Yeah. I totally believe that they're in love <laughs> or they're actually in love, Daniel. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, well, it's not funny. Uh, but, but yeah, Lady Gaga just, uh, broke up with her, her boyfriend or fiance like last week. Um, right. and so a lot of people are, are saying stuff, but Bradley Cooper's there with his girlfriend. Uh, I don't yeah. believe they're engaged. So, you know, uh, all power to them. Hopefully they're, they're really happy, but, uh, yeah. So that was, um, I it was the a magic moment. One of the things that I really enjoyed from just a production standpoint is the use of Steadicam mm-hmm. when people were walking out to present the awards. So it was easy because they had done that with other presenters to maybe, lose sight of the fact that in my opinion I think it was kind of a shout out to the way that Bradley Cooper shot Shallows in A Star is Born. The single take the wraparound the reveal from the backside and everything just as one Mm -hmm. long take was awesome. And and facing facing the audience I mean that that not only was a a change from what we had seen throughout the other three performances but it, it was just gorgeously lit and yeah. it felt appropriate for a star is born right it's a movie about yeah. performers and so they're on stage they're in front of an audience my yeah. gosh it and was the way gorgeous. they came up out of the audience and all that oh, stuff man oh man yeah uh-huh. it was great all so, around there's no amazing. there's just no way we can't we got to do it daniel yeah tell me something good Are you happy in this modern world? Tell me something, boy Aren't you tired trying to fill that void? I'm off the deep end Watch as I dive in I'll never leave the ground Crash through the sun Massive standing ovation. So good. A guilty standing ovation. (laughs) Yes. Oh man! Yeah, that, I can that, definitely tell you that's going to be in my heart a lot longer than Green Book. Oh yeah, so we're definitely going to get to the awards. But uh, yeah, I think I think Shallow, I think that performance is going to go down as one of my favorite performances on the Oscar telecast for sure. That was so good, so good. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, and it was a, it happened at a moment where the show was honestly in desperate need of it. Yes. Yeah. So overall, I think it was a fine show. You know, for all the all the. Um, struggle it took to get to this show uh, just from the ceremony itself I, I think it turned out I think it turned out 
well. It was it was fine. Um, it's definitely gonna rank low on my favorite telecasts, but it worked. Like it wasn't. It was far from a disaster. There was no right. problem with it. it. Just wasn't super entertaining. That's about I it. I kind of feel like that's the motif of this entire award yes. season. It's, I guess it's just fine. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. You exactly. Know? I think it's a fitting end for this award season. This has been rough, man. It's been a rough yeah. season. No uh, doubt. It's kind of good for it to be over. But it's not quite over yet. We still have to talk about the awards themselves. Of course. Hey, before, before we do that, though, Daniel, we have to talk about, because we usually talk about this, my favorite speech of the night had to go to Olivia Coleman. Oh, of course. Such an endearing. And, and hey, we're going to talk about this later, but the only time I was genuinely yes. surprised. Yes. And I was legitimately surprised. Did you see that coming at all? I mean, she was in second place, but I mean that category was locked up for Glenn Close. It was a lock, and uh, yeah, I thought it was a lock. Oh man, uh, that yeah. So let's just dive right in and let's start here. That was that was the only true upset of the night. I mean, everything else that won, even the, I mean, I I didn't get a perfect score, so there were some that I didn't predict, but. Even those ones that I missed, it wasn't a shock, right? It was like, oh, yeah, I figured it was going right. to be that. This was the only one where I genuinely, I stood up from my seat and shouted yes because I was so excited for her to win. <laughs> she deserved it. She oh, absolutely deserved it. We've t- we've we've already talked about how we thought it was the best perform- one of the best performances yeah. of the year. And as long as it, and I mean this with all due respect, but as long as it wasn't Glenn Close because she was... Absolutely getting a lifetime achievement and not yeah. necessarily deserve it for the wife. So this was this was a true awesome surprise. And what's amazing about Olivia Coleman winning is that she she really didn't campaign a heck of a lot. Um, she's been shooting The Crown, which is going to be on Netflix, so she's probably going to win an Emmy this year as well, which is awesome. Uh, yeah. So she, she's been filming that. And so she hasn't been whatever what everybody does when they want to win an Oscar is they schmooze, right? They go to all the parties, all the events, they they shake hands, they they kiss babies, they do whatever they got to do to win the Oscar. Right. And she hasn't she's done some of that, but not as much as you normally do, especially not as much as Glenn Close has done this year. So what that tells me is Olivia Coleman won this award on her performance. She won it just because she was undeniably good. Um, right. and, and at the same time, on the, on, the, on the other side of the coin, it tells us that Glenn Close did everything she possibly could. She campaigned the heck out of it. But when your movie itself is not beloved, you know, it's an uphill battle that you can't win. I, I went back and looked. The wife had literally zero nominations from any critics group, any, anybody at all for anything other than Glenn Close. People didn't like this movie. It didn't win anything or even be nominated for anything other than her. And so that's just it's just a hard place to start from. So And it just seems so strange that in this specific instance they would reward merit. Yeah. Right. And, but not in other places. Right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I, I, I was so happy. You know, I, I did. Yes, Lady Gaga was my favorite performer in the category, but it was a close, it was close, close battle with Olivia Coleman. Absolutely. I'm, I'm so happy. If it couldn't be Gaga, I have absolutely no problem with an Olivia Coleman win here. And uh, man, oh man, was it such a good surprise. Yeah. And in a magnificent speech as well. Yes. It's genuinely quite stressful <laughs> it's, um, to be 
in this category with these extraordinary women. And Glenn Close, I, you've been my idol for so long, and this is not how I, I wanted it to be. And I, I think you're amazing. I love you very much. My kids are at home and watching. Look. Well, if you're not, then well, kind of well done. But um, I sort of, sort of hope you are. This is not going to happen again. Um, and. Uh, uh, and any little girl who's, who's practising their speech on the telly, you never know. So please wrap up. Right, OK. And, um... Uh, thank you. Oh, thank you so much, um, Lady Gaga. Oh. One of the biggest ovations of the night. Yes. She's so heartfelt and tears and just pure joy, like you said, in our Slack channel. Just, just great stuff. It was amazing. It's such a good... You could tell that that speech was very unprepared. She did not realize yeah, that she was going to get did. up there. <laughs> and uh, and those are the, sometimes the best speeches because it was just purely what was at the top of her brain. It was just it was just phenomenal. Phenomenal moment. Obviously, we've said that that was one of the best surprises of the night. Uh, overall, Chad, what did you think? Were there a lot of surprises other than that one? Uh, what did you think? I was a little surprised with the Black Panther technical mm-hmm. wins over First Man. And, you know, we'll talk about it later a little bit, I'm sure. I, I can't really honestly say that I was surprised by Green Book winning. Yeah. When we talked in our last prediction show, I actually predicted Green Book. And then when I went to fill out my contest sheet, I wussed out and put Roma. <laughs> uh, and then and I missed. So I was surprised, but I wasn't surprised. Yeah, so I don't yeah. know that I, I think outside of Olivia Coleman, everything just kind of shook out how I expected it to, which was kind of a bummer. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's exactly the same for me. Um, uh, the I would say, so I had predicted two of those three wins for Black Panther. I, I had predicted costume design and uh, score, but I didn't predict uh, pr- uh, production design but it was same thing like we said it was my number two like I, I wasn't I wasn't shocked but so pleasantly surprised man I, I think those were so deserved oh, those three were the first ever wins for the Marvel Cinematic Universe I think and two is, really great speeches as well. Yes, yeah, yeah. And both those categories, they were the first black women to ever win, black people at all, to win that those categories uh, yep. for costume design and production design, which is amazing, especially for Ruth Carter, who's been doing this forever. So I, it, all around, it was just, it was just heartwarming. All those wins were just so. Uh, so deserved. Just, just amazing, and especially score. I think that was such a good score. So, um, it so is. You and I disagree over which is the best of the <laughs> year. But you're, you're one. You, you had. Black Panther 1 and Beale Street 2, and I have it reversed, but it's very close. It is, yes. Yeah, Beale Street, yeah, I'm not going to knock Beale Street. That's a phenomenal score, for sure. You know, so uh, one one major category that I guessed wrong was Best Supporting Actress. We talked about that in our uh, prediction show, that I I went with Rachel Weisz just because of the categories, the nominations that Regina King had missed for SAG and for uh, for BAFTA. And, you know, one thing that this this season is, is teaching me in conjunction with the last season is that a lot of the s- traditional stats that we've relied on for a long time are just breaking left and right and so i think with all the changes to the academy the new membership and just the the, the way that the world is changing i think a lot of these stats are are falling away like so regina king is i believe the second person 
ever to win the Oscar uh, for acting without a, a SAG nomination. And so yeah. that just doesn't happen often. And then Green Book winning Best Picture is the second year in a row that the SAG Ensemble stat of every film that won Best Picture had been nominated for SAG Ensemble since uh, the, the first year of the SAG. Uh, so I think it's... Um, I think a lot of these stats are just are just falling away, and so I think it'll change the way I predict next year. Yeah, and I think too, not to, because you never really know, but I think there's certainly with the new uh, emphasis on diversity in yeah. the academy. I think that even your because there's going to be a lot of flack over Green Book and it being kind of a traditional Hollywood pick, very similar. It's actually it's it's funny. It's kind of analogous to. Spike Lee, when he released Do the Right Thing, it wasn't nominated, and Driving Miss Daisy was. Yeah. So I've seen a lot of comparisons to Black Klansman and Green Book, and one winning and not the other, where one was kind of a lighter look at, at racism. Now, with Supporting Actress, it, it may be a little different, just because I still think, because it's not preferential ballot, that the, the two favorites probably canceled each other out as far as that. But I do think now, when it comes down to actually putting a name on the paper, if, if all things are being being equal, I think right now they're going to go with that pick that that emphasizes diversity, and, and I have no problem with that. Same thing, not that it's not worthy, so hear what I'm saying. I just mean if all things are equal and it's kind of close. Green Book, however, I think is an example of that same kind of thing, except the, the wrong way. The old Hollywood version <laughs> the of The old that. way. Yeah. Right. I the think old Hollywood version exactly. of Exactly. But, you know, on the subject, I think one incredible outcome from the night as a whole is it really felt even... I think there's a great irony, like you said. Uh, Green Book won Best Picture, which a lot of people of color pointed out that is uh, maybe a misguided look at racism, albeit a crowd-pleasing one. So even with the irony of that winning, the night as a whole felt wildly diverse it felt like Absolutely. an extreme step forward in diversity sure i mean lots this, of women lots of people of color yes this is the first year ever that three of the four acting winners are people of color rami malik is egyptian mahershala ali and regina king i mean that is that's awesome and then uh like i already said you know ruth carter and and hannah beachler the the first black winners in in costume design and production design you know yeah and the director of bow what's her name the animated short Domi Shi. Yeah, I. she had my favorite line of the night when she said, this is for all those nerdy girls that are hiding behind your, your notepad. <laughs> I love that because yeah. I know, and not just girls, but I know girls and guys that, that are that. And I just, I thought that was, I thought it was yeah. great. So I agree. I think overall, it certainly felt like step in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. As long as we continue to make decisions based on the merit of the film, which is why... Yes, this this year is so confounding. Yeah. Just because it seems like there are some decisions that were marvelous and then some that are all thrown into this big bowl. I, right, together. exactly. Yeah. It's it's such a it's such a mixed bag. I mean, it, we also had, you know, of course Roma overperform or not overperforming, but but winning quite a few awards. Uh yeah. continuing this domination. This this entire era uh, of of the Academy Awards is going to be defined by by these Mexican men just crushing Best Director. I mean, they five are. five of the last six Best Director wins have been Mexican men. Two for Cuaron, two for Inarutu, and and then last year was Del Toro. I mean, 
What a run. The only white man to win Best Director since uh, 2012 is Damien Chazelle. Because uh, in, in 2012, he had Ang Lee and then and then this phenomenal run by these Mexican directors. It's, yeah. it's crazy. And Karan is a master. There's no doubt about oh, yeah. it. I just don't think he should have won Best Director for Roma. I think that should have been Bradley Cooper. I would have been fine... If Brad, even though he wasn't nominated, I would have been fine switching Cooper out for Quran and then letting Roma win over Green Book for Best Picture. It would right. have been a much better outcome. Yeah. But that's the world that we live in. But you're right. It's unprecedented dominance. And of all those films from these Mexican directors, the only one that I really am not a big fan of is probably The Shape of Water from last year. Yeah, I'm I liked it a lot, but that's the only one that kind of feels like an outlier to me. The others are, are, uh, are pretty great. Yep, and and what's uh, interesting is of all of those wins, only um, Inuritu's director win for Birdman and Del Toro's win for Shape of Water also corresponded with a Best Picture win. All the other ones were split. So Quran won for yeah. Gravity, Twelve Years a Slave won for Best Picture, Inuritu won for The Revenant, uh, and then Spotlight won Best Picture, and now Roma and and Green Book. So pretty yeah. interesting there. And and another somebody said it phrased something this way, uh, which is wild if you actually think about it. In the past ten years. Uh, American men and women have won the same amount of Best Director uh, Oscars, which is wild. Catherine Bigelow <laughs> and yeah. and Damien Chazelle. So that's that's crazy when you just look at it that way. You know, the thing is, it's kind of disappointing. Is I really don't think any of that was a surprise. I was yeah. convinced when Quran won uh, cinematography, foreign language, and director. I thought for sure it was going to take picture. So Green Book was it was a surprise in the moment even though it wasn't a surprise, you know, I think, overall. Funny, I thought the opposite. So, because when when Green Book won original screenplay, which which I had predicted, it's, that wasn't a surprise, but when it won, and, and Bohemian Rhapsody doing as well as it did, winning editing, my hopes just started to drop a little bit and so yeah. as soon as they were getting ready to, to announce best picture i started regretting my roma pick and same for best supporting actress actually i i, I started regretting my rachel vice pick but hey i got them wrong i'll i'll own up to, going up to so, it but. i can't let you leave that one just we got to take 10 seconds and say has anybody actually seen bohemian rhapsody the editing in that movie is not good so there's these there's a a scene that's going around where they're sitting down. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen that? Yeah. It's right? terrible. That's indicative of the entire movie. I don't understand. Yeah. I mean, I just don't understand it. It's just got to be a situation. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It's it's, so. it's just passion for the film. I mean, people love Bohemian Rhapsody. People love it. Like it's a really, really, really popular movie. So I know. You know, I, I got you. You saw. You know, on Facebook every every year on the night of the Oscars, I I post my top ten films of the year, and two people commented on on that status and said, "I can't believe you don't have Bohemian Rhapsody on here. Where's yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody? It's just wildly popular." And so that's that's the only thing I yeah, contributed. And, and to. and on our top ten of the year show on Facebook, we had a couple of longtime listeners that got on there. One of whom said the same thing. I can't believe you guys didn't mm-hmm. talk about Bohemian Rhapsody. It's so, just, yeah. uh, you know, it's what it really boils down to. And I don't uh, love what you love. If you guys love that movie, that's great. I'm happy yeah. for you. That's great. You, so boo. I'm not trying to belittle anybody loving that movie. That's that's fine. But really, I, I can't separate people's love of Queen. For, they, they're confusing their love of Queen for love of the yeah. movie. If you take away Queen, which is just dub, it's karaoke. They're just dubbing the songs over. Yeah. If you take away those songs, those performances, do you actually like the movie? Like, do you like the dr- the dramatic 
bits, not the musical performances. Because that's the thing. The musical performances in the film are great, but the the dramatic parts are just not. They're just not. Yeah, and then when Malik won mm-hmm. for his scene, they did one a scene where he's lip syncing. <laughs> that was for hilarious. Sake. That was hilarious. On. Yeah, it really was. It was. It was silly. Green Book wins, and that's fine. But everything else kind of went according to plan. Uh, I was so happy to see Spider Man into the Spider Verse winning. You know, we yes. talked about how how I was nervous about it that maybe the Incredibles would would show. And you know what else is funny about that is uh, Disney lost. It's a rare loss for Disney in that category, and they lost to the guys that they fired off of Solo. So you know, there's some there's some vengeance there that a little I, that sweet I really justice like. yeah. yeah so you just can't deny the power of that film though it's so good yeah. you just can't was there anything else uh that you had that you wanted to talk about from the night i hope the lesson that they learn here is that regardless of what they do with the show the one thing they don't need to do is anything that takes away from the awards and from the craft of making cinema because that's yeah. why we watch the show yeah, and uh, even though the the awards, at least for me and for 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 some people who weren't as big of fans of Green Book, it, which let me let me restate, Green Book is fine. It's fine. It is. Um, it's, yeah, it's a it's, good movie. Um, but it felt like you know in this season of diversity in, in in this crop of fantastic films, it felt like just a just a boring choice, a bad choice, and so so awards season kind of ended on a low note. Even so, you know, there's nowhere for award season 2019 to go but up, right? So, no doubt. No uh, doubt. so I'm still excited for for this next award season to start up. For me, of course, it starts today. Uh, I'm excited for next season. Looking forward to, to the movies that are coming up. You know, what? One, one other thing that's interesting about this category uh, or about this year's Oscars is that every single Best Picture nominee won at least one Oscar, which is pretty crazy. Oh, wow. So they really kind of spread the wealth there. But and yeah. at least three of those movies deserve those Oscars. I'll <laughs> let you figure out which three. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But uh, I think we can both agree that uh, we're happy that Shallow won, uh, and we're happy that Olivia Coleman gave that upset there. Uh, those were For the, sure. easily the highlights of the night. Uh, well, we have uh, left you hanging long enough. It's now time to get to the the results of the Predict the Oscars contest. Uh, Chad, are you ready to hear how this shake shook out i'm not really but I, there's nothing i can do to stop you so please <laughs> please continue we had the average score of everybody who entered in was 13 out of 24 uh it was the average um the lowest score you know last year i uh i said i wasn't gonna tell who had the lowest score and then chad goaded me into doing it and so i read the score i and, regret nothing and i felt i felt bad about it because i didn't know the person well this year i know the person and so i'm gonna give my friend phil kite a, a shout out for uh <laughs> he had the lowest score by a by a large margin i i might add <laughs> Good. Uh, listen if you're gonna crash you need to crash hard yeah sorry phil um he scored a five <laughs> a five out of 24 but you that's know impressive. it that's is impressive that's impressive in its own right you i'm uh, telling you it really is uh I, I missed more than he got correct um, ouch so salt in the wound there <laughs> so uh but no you know phil i appreciate the effort i appreciate you chiming in that was the lowest uh but now let's get to the results before i'll just kind of read a few a few friends of screeners just kind of give us an idea before i get to uh the person who beat all of us uh, there is one person who beat all of the friends of screeners. Oh, we lose yes, again. Yes, we lose. 
so I'll start with last year's winner, Stephen Keller. He won the contest last year. He did not win this year. We always uh, we always appreciate Stephen chiming in with us, and he got a 16 out of 24, which is a respectable score. Respectable it's not too bad number. at all. Uh, Britton Meathy, he's a friend of the show, been on the show many times. Uh, he got a 14, uh, as did my brother Tyler, who's joined us on many of our Oscar pre-shows. He got a 14. He's not going to be happy about that, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think he will. Um, I will be, though, uh, because I did not get a 14. <laughs> Jeff Salyer, another friend of the show, he got a 13. As did my friend Chad Guyton, oh, got a 13 out of 24. Yes. Guys. What do you think of that guys, score, Chad? I think it's unlucky, 13. <laughs> and this was a situation where it was about three days before the show and I just sat down and hammered it out, and I regretted it the moment I hit send. I thought I did not do this. No excuses. <laughs> I own it. It was a bad year, but you know what? This year deserves my worst. So there which you go. which ones were the uh, just real quick? Which ones were the one, biggest ones that you were surprised to miss? I mean, I definitely struck out on first on the first man stuff. Mm. What's interesting is uh, I went back and listened to our show from early 2018 where we talked about our most anticipated films of 2018. And uh, my my three picks uh, were number one was First Man, number two was Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, and number three was Black Panther. Those were my most anticipated movies of last year, and all three went home with at least one Oscar. Yeah, so that that's was cool. great. Yeah. That's Turned, a good run. Three, three good picks there. Okay, so obviously... Yeah, I, you know, I missed on Best Picture. I, right. I like I mentioned earlier, I chickened out and went with the with the odds on Favorite uh, and missed that one. I missed Best Original Screenplay. I went with the Favorite mm. instead of Green Book, holding out hope. Right, uh, right. Missed that there. I just didn't. I got I got Free Solo. I got Roma for Best Foreign Language. Uh, I missed on uh, live action shorts. Yeah, uh, I got animated shorts. So, yeah, I just it was just one of those things. I just didn't do didn't do a great job. I have no excuses, Daniel. Okay, listen, <laughs> lord right. it over me. It's okay. It's I okay. now understand what it feels like to lose like you, you and it's a good humbling experience for me. I'm glad and to hear so it. next year I will come back <laughs> strong. We are mobilizing an army, I would like to say, and our sole mission in life is to bring you down off of your dictatorship. Yeah. So I just want to say that. I, I know I appreciate the effort. I appreciate the effort. This is the first year in my tenure on the screeners uh, that I did win, uh, and I'm not gonna I'm, I'm gonna just kind of gloss over the fact that Mel didn't enter the screeners contest this year and she wins every year but but even so i'm gonna pretend like that didn't happen and I, that i just won uh, with you uh, just because of uh my sheer knowledge so so yes i got 18 out of 24 uh which is pretty decent it's not my personal record i've done better but it was uh i'm, I'm happy with that score because that's a, solid a few of the ones i missed you know obviously i missed predicting olivia coleman but i'm so happy that i was wrong there i missed best picture because i wasn't being honest uh, Mr. Virginia King, because I, I, you know, just thought I thought I knew the stats and and messed it all up. So I just missed a couple of those. You know, I, I too missed live action short. Those were a crapshoot anyway. So yeah, so I just missed a few here and there. But like I said, I did not win overall. I did not have the highest mm, score. Uh, drama. We had quite a few actually. Quite we had a few 18s, a few other 18s uh, who tied with me. Uh, we had quite a few 19s actually. Uh, quite wow. a few people ahead of us, and then. We had one person who scored 21 out of 24. That's a great score. That's phenomenal. That is from Antonia Becker. 
congratulations, Antonia. Uh, we are going to be reaching out to you this evening. She is going to win her her favorite nominee from the night. We'll buy her a Blu-ray of whichever film she loves the most out of the nominees. So yeah. Uh, so congratulations, Antonia. That is a, a very very respectable score. It's beyond uh, respectable. It's great. Mm-hmm, may it I, may I also recommend the 4K Blu-ray of A Star Is Born? <laughs> My wife and I saw it. Got it the other day. It is magnificent. Just going to leave that there. Yes, I'm looking through Antonia's uh, predictions here. She missed Best Actress, as we all did. Yeah. She missed Score. She predicted Beale Street, which is a very fine prediction there. Just just missed it. And then missed visual effects. That's it. That's all she missed. So uh, congratulations, Antonia. And thank you to everybody for for joining us in that competition. We're going to do it again next year. And and maybe, since we got such a great response this year, maybe we'll we'll even have second and third place prizes uh, next year because this is a lot of fun. We appreciate you. You know what we could do, Daniel? Maybe we could even see about getting people in on our summer box office wager. Ooh, that is a good idea. Maybe we'll do that. We'll be recording that. Oh, I guess we're still a couple months out from that. But but, uh, we definitely need to get people in on this as well. So, awesome. Well, it has been an okay. I was about to say it's been a great Oscar season, but that wouldn't be the full truth. It's been an okay Oscar season. A lot of controversy, a lot of uh, just kind of subpar films overperforming in weird ways. But, you know, you can't diminish my love of the Oscars. I still love it. Still think it's very valuable <laughs> to, to art. So that's about it. That Listen, about- Daniel, if this Oscar season and results can't take you mm, down, nothing then can. nothing can. Nothing can. Nothing ever <laughs> nothing will. Nothing can. <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, so what do you say, Chad? Are we going to have a, a, a talk tomorrow night previewing the, tw- the, the 2019 Oscars? I think it's about time. We're, we're behind schedule for, oh, for next year's I'm Oscars. I'm telling you what. Although we are, <laughs> we are, I can't, I can't tell you daniel how much i on behalf of the screeners and on behalf of our listeners we really really appreciate all the extra work that you put in every year all the research you do we know you do it because you love it but yeah. it, it's wonderful for the show and uh, we always have a great time so on behalf of everybody thank you for all the work that you do even though you're going to lord your victory over <laughs> us for the next 12 months oh man no i love it i love it and i love uh love being able to talk about the oscars i think it's a great thing and you know one thing i didn't get to plug just since we're talking uh i, I one thing i didn't get to plug is i, I also do a lot of writing over at uh website nextbestpicture.com uh yeah. so follow those guys on social media um and check out our writing there uh I, next best picture they're doing awesome stuff and we were able to uh, i i do some interviews for them from time to time i was able to talk with the the composer justin hurwitz uh who composed first man who tragically missed an oscar nomination brad bird director of incredibles 2 director of mary Potter Poppins Returns, Rob Marshall, and the editor of Black Panther. So I got to do some cool, cool interviews over there. So hopefully Absolutely. more of those are coming this this year. So so definitely check those guys out over there because uh, we're doing some some cool stuff. Um, yeah, sure. we're always happy to share the love with uh, with other podcasts that are doing good work. Yeah, so, just uh, want to plug them real quick. Did you call? Could you get back on the phone with Brad Bird and be like, "In your face, Spider Man!" Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna give him a call. Yep, gonna give him a call should. for sure. I Perfect. Th- I think you should. You're listening to the Screeners Podcast. Well, everyone, that wraps up our coverage of the 91st Academy Awards. It has been fun, uh, you know, on this journey with you guys. Make sure you tune into our next episode. We're going to be reviewing How to Train Your Dragon 3 and talking about our most anticipated movies of 2019. It's going to be an awesome show, so don't miss it. All right, like I said at the top of the show, make sure you follow us on social media, on Twitter at ScreenersCast, and on Facebook, you can search the Screeners Podcast. We want to hear from you guys, hear how you did in uh, predicting the 91st Academy Awards and what you're looking forward to this upcoming year. 
All right, and with that, we will see you next time. And that's a wrap. You've heard what the screeners had to say. Now you be the critic. Head over to screenerspodcast.com and let us know what you think. See you next time.